Well, I'm kind of anxious to hear what the Lord's laid on my heart too. But uh, what I've planned is a message out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you'd turn with me there in your copy of the Scriptures. It was uh, a good note that uh, first, 2 Corinthians 5 begins with the discussion of heaven. It also includes the judgment seat of Christ and uh, the assurance of our resurrection. But also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, we find a passage that commissions us uh, to expand the kingdom and to be faithful witnesses and ministers of reconciliation. Now, this message this morning is particularly for the church. Uh, if you're here this morning and you're not a believer, then I'd like to share with you the gospel at the end of this message. But uh, this morning, church, I, I, like, I want to. My goal is to encourage. Uh, my goal is to uh, to strengthen you and encourage you to serve the Lord faithfully. So, beginning in verse 18, Paul writes, Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So so Paul talks about a ministry that's been given to every Christian. He talks about Christians specifically. This is not a commission to anyone who's not a Christian. But if you are a Christian this morning, I want to challenge you to take this uh, admonition that Paul gives us here in 2 Corinthians 5 to heart. Uh, I think Paul was very serious and it's it's a part of, it's an extension of the Great Commission. Uh, First of all, uh, let me introduce let me introduce my topic to you. I want to talk to you today about being an ambassador. All right. So, so what is an ambassador? Well, an ambassador is the highest-ranking diplomatic representative of one sovereign state to another. So, as far as Paul is concerned, who is an ambassador? If you're a Christian. Good answer. That's perfect. We all are. As Christians, as Christians, we are ambassadors of Christ. How do we know that? Well, he begins and he says, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Who's he talking about? Believers, Christians, okay? Faithful members of the church. Uh, He says he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is not just reconciling person to person, but reconciling men unto God. Preaching the gospel so that that the Spirit of God can take the Word of God and call the children of God to eternal life and service in His kingdom. As we look at at the fact that we've been called to be an ambassador, and an ambassador is a diplomatic representative, there are two things that are implicit in that. 
One is, if you're an ambassador, you represent another kingdom. All right? We'll talk about that uh, in just a few minutes. And the second thing is that ambassadors from one country who are living inside another country serve from an embassy, right? To me, that is just, to me, that's an incredible truth. First of all, that we serve another kingdom. Now, we're all, uh, well, these days we're called citizens of the world, but specifically we're citizens of the United States. Uh, we are citizens of the state of Alabama and of the city of wherever you live. All right? Does anybody here not live in Madison? One, two, thirteen. All right. Well, I've just speaking with a young lady earlier today. I've lived in Madison since 1962. And uh, you didn't think people were still alive that lived in 1962, did you? Some of you didn't. But we're ambassadors. As we live as residents of those places that I just mentioned, those are not places that we are ambassadors to. We, we are ambassadors to those places, not from those places. Because as Christian people... We serve a kingdom that Jesus said is not even of this world. And that we are citizens of the kingdom of God and family members of God's family. To me, that is just incredible. But but here's a point I want to make right off the bat, and I want this to soak in good, uh, and I'll, I'm going to elaborate on it in a few minutes. We are not citizens here. In fact, the Bible teaches us very clearly, we are aliens in this world. We don't belong here. Have you ever wondered why Christianity gets persecuted like no other religion? Have you ever wondered why, why people across the globe who claim the, the name of Christ uh, endure such persecution? Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Why? Because we represent Jesus. And as we represent Christ well, the more we will experience fundamental persecution. Isn't that what Paul said to Timothy? He said, if anyone will live godly in Christ Jesus, that is, live like Jesus, to be a faithful witness like Jesus was to speak the truth of God like Jesus did, if anyone will live godly in Christ Jesus, who can finish that for me? They will suffer persecution. There's no if and buts about it. No if and buts about it. It's going to happen. So, with that in mind, I want to I want to encourage you to think about your embassy. Okay, we'll do that. So, where is this kingdom? <laughs> so, it would take the rest of the afternoon and maybe on into Monday morning to talk about all the aspects of what the Bible teaches of the kingdom. Let me just give you a couple of couple of uh, points to let you know what I'm talking about. Well, Jesus, in answer to Pilate's question about his kingdom in John 18, 
He said, my kingdom is not of this world. So we know that it's not about here. It's not, it's not, the only thing that is about Madison or Harvest or Huntsville or Monrovia or Decatur is that we're ambassadors to those places and to the people that abide in those places. But the, uh, the kingdom sometimes is often spoken of as a place or a realm. We, we talk sometimes in pro- prophetic teaching about the millennial kingdom. All right? We also, it's talked about in a, in a present tense. <clears throat> Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. It's like it's here. The kingdom of God is here. Uh, sometimes it's talked about in a future tense. So surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death, death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. And as He taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. So the kingdom of God is not easy to define. Sometimes it's talked about uh, as a kingdom that has a spiritual entrance. And if you remember John chapter 3 and Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, He said, unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So it's talked about as a, as a spiritual kingdom. Uh, sometimes it's talked about as a physical kingdom. We just mentioned that, but, uh, Paul said that when the end comes, he delivers the kingdom of God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. Are you guys familiar with the book of Acts? It's a history book and a, and a New Testament narrative. Do you remember the emphasis of Jesus' teaching between the day of Pentecost and His ascension? Okay, so you guys need to go reread Acts. But here's the thing. Luke records that for, that for those days between Pentecost and His ascension, He taught His disciples about the kingdom. And even at that, on the day of His ascension, when they went up on the Mount of Olives, His his disciples still didn't understand because they said, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, if if, if they'd have been asking me, I'd have went, after all this, but yet Jesus didn't because I believe Jesus knows that many things about the kingdom are still a mystery to us. It's not for us to know the fullness of the kingdom until we see Jesus. And then like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we will know as we have been known. We will know as we, we will be known as we have known. Well, the point of all of that is that when we talk about where is the kingdom, it's a difficult topic. So let's look at it this way. When we say kingdom, the suffix dom, D-O-M, uh, it implies a rule or can we say dominion, all right? It implies an area of rule. So to what extent does God rule? Well, He rules everything. There's nothing that God's not in control of. There's, no, there's nowhere that the, dom, that, the, that the dominant authority of God is not there. So he rules over all things. In fact, Psalm 103, which is one of my favorite psalms, uh, David says this, The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. 
So his kingdom rules. What does that mean? That means his kingship, the kingship, the kingdom of God rules over all things. So when we talk about the kingdom, we talk about the expanse of what God rules. That's, that is what we are ambassadors of to this world. We are to preach the kingdom of God, His lordship, His vastness, His sovereignty, His goodness, and all of the things that, that are a part of His kingdom. Now, I want to tell you, I'm looking forward to the day when all that's cleared up in my little bitty brain. But one thing's for sure. When we have full understanding about the kingdom of God, we will be in the presence of Jesus. We will be called back from this world that we are an ambassador to, to home. To a place that we've never seen. Isn't that kind of strange? We have a citizenship in a place that we've never seen. But if you read, I think the last time I was here, I preached on uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, but in Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about people who, who lived on this earth, the Old Testament saints that lived and died and never saw the promise. And so we're kind of in that same boat. We're going to live and we're going to die and we're not going to see the kingdom unless the Lord returns before then. But an ambassador of the United States in the strictest sense it is an official capacity in foreign nations and community, and they're charged with protecting, promoting national interests, maintaining diplomacy, organizing visits, welcoming visitors, and supporting resolutions. In other words, can I say this? As an ambassador of the United States, if you were an ambassador of the United States, your purpose, your, your job, your goal in life is to represent the President of the United States and his policies. Okay? That would be your job. As representatives of the kingdom of heaven, we are, to, we are to represent the kingdom of God and the sovereign of that kingdom who is Jesus Christ. If you are an ambassador of the United States, the words that you would say are would be encouraging to people who are not citizens of the United States, it would be encouraging to them to come and be a part of the United States because it's a glorious country, greatest country that's ever been on the face of the earth. I believe that. And as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, we ought to be encouraging people to come, become citizens of that kingdom. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Become citizens of that kingdom because it's the most glorious place in cosmic history. So let me ask you this. If it is our purpose to represent the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ, and we are to, and that's why there's so many admonitions into Scripture is to be like Jesus, imitate God, be like Christ, be, be, be like Jesus in this world. So let me ask you this, church. How are we doing? In your own personal life, how we do. When you go to work tomorrow morning, there's not a question, I, th- I hope that we've established the fact this morning that it's not a question of if you're an ambassador or not. If you're a Christian, you're an ambassador. No question. 
So what kind of ambassador are you going to be? Are you going to be an ambassador that well represents the kingdom of God? Or are you going to be an ambassador that reflects more an allegiance with this world than God's kingdom? You see, those are, those are hard words because we know the truth. We know that God is king and sovereign, yet we worry and fret just like the world does. We know that the power of God uh, to save souls is the preaching of the gospel, right? And yet we're afraid to preach the gospel to those that we come in contact with. It's a struggle for us. It's a struggle for us. So let me move on before, actually before I run out of time. You guys don't know this, but this is a three-hour sermon. I'm trying to whittle it down for you. So, take to heart the things that we've talked about, being a representative of the kingdom of God. Will you be a faithful witness? Will you be courageous enough to stand for your for the country that you are a citizen of? I challenge you to do so. Would you be a good representative of God? Well, the second implication that we talked about a few minutes ago is an embassy. So in in a foreign country, if you are an ambassador, you work from an embassy. That's an institution that represents one nation inside another nation. It declares its home nation's interest to the host nation, and it protects the citizen of the home nation living in the host nation. Now, I don't want to, I hate to sound carnal here, but... There was a documentary made a few years ago uh, on national security. It was called The Born Identity. Okay, did you ever see that? They'll catch you slow freight just a minute. It was a movie about a guy who was, a, who was an assassin and he lost his memory. Well, one thing I remember about that that I was thinking about in, in the embassy is that he, was, he didn't know who he was, but he knew that the police were chasing him. And he was in Germany, I think. If he wasn't in Germany, he was somewhere else. And he was running from the police, and he saw the American embassy, and he ducked into the embassy, and the men at the door of the embassy stood shoulder to shoulder and told the German police or the French police, whatever it was, no, you can't come in here. That's awesome. That's an awesome picture of, of an, what an embassy ought to be like for God's people. And by the way, the embassy of Christian ambassadors is the church. It's the church. The church ought to be a place that keeps, uh, keeps the dangers of the world out. I, I did say that. That keeps the dangers of the, did you know the world doesn't even like you? We try to capitulate. We try to make everybody like us. We try to not make, upset anybody on the job, not upset anybody in our family, not upset. But you know what? The, the world by default doesn't like you because you remind them of Jesus, hopefully. They don't, they don't like you. So when we gather as the church, by the way, the church is not this building. 
Can I say this? The church, you are the church. Those who have been born again by the Spirit of God all across the globe represent what we call the universal body of Christ. But since we can't all meet together, we're called to meet individually in different locations around the world, which is the local church. And we typically need somewhere to meet. We call this building the church, but it's not. The church is wherever the people of God congregate. All right? Yet you guys have a beautiful embassy here. It is a beautiful embassy. I was just looking around. I remember when Brother Steve was here, I came and visited with him a few times. And and just walking through the premises here, it's it's great. It's welcoming, as any embassy should be. Can I tell you a couple of things about uh, the things that an embassy ought to be? It ought to, it ought to be a place as a shelter of the world, that's for sure. Uh, but it ought to be a place where God's people can come to just enjoy family. Other citizens of the kingdom. Uh, it's where, it's where Christian people come, representatives of the kingdom come on a regular basis to receive instruction from the sovereign that they represent. That's just a long way of saying you ought to come to be taught. You ought to be faithful to your, to your church. You ought to be faithful, uh, to your embassy to come and hear what, what the, the, the pastors and the teachers, uh, visiting preachers, if you will, have to say. It, it's, it's strengthening to be faithful to the body. Uh, the embassy is also a place that ought to be a taste of home. It, it, if you are, if there's an embassy in uh, Israel and you walk in, for me, I can just picture this. I walk in the embassy in Israel and I don't want to smell Israeli food. I would have to deal with that day in and day out. I want to smell some cornbread and some fried chicken. Because when I get there to that embassy, it's just, I, want to, I, want, I want it to be like home. And that's comfort food to me, right? Maybe not to you. You can have a salad if you want. That would just make me feel so comfortable, so much at home. Now, I'm not saying every Sunday morning go fry some chicken. I'm just saying it ought to give us a taste of home. It ought, it, ought, it ought to remind us of heaven. It ought to be a place where God's family gathers in peace and in harmony and in love and in care, care for one another. You know, the embassies around the world are usually decorated in articles that are unique to the country that they represent, a national flag, uh, just just different articles. You know, you know the one thing that represents the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ to this world more than anything else is love. Jesus said in John 13, a couple of things that he said. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my ambassadors. Close enough. Okay, I don't think that does any damage to the text there. But all all men will know that you're my disciples. How? If you have love for one another. 
That's exactly right. So, so what does that mean? Well, Jesus actually in John 13 also gave a, a new teaching. He said, a new commandment I give to you. It's not an old commandment. This is a new commandment. He said that you love one another as I have loved you. So what's new about that? In the Old Testament, it's, in the Old Testament, it's recorded to, uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love's not a new thing. The new thing is to love your neighbor. You love others as I have loved you. See, to love each other like, to, to love one another like we love ourselves, that's a low standard. Alright? Although it is the standard that we have. We love us a lot, don't we? But when we begin to love like Jesus loved, so now we're talking about sacrifice. I know that's an ugly word these days. In some circles. Hopefully not here. But we're talking about sacrificing for one another. We're talking about laying down our lives for one another. Do you, do you remember also in the beginning of John 13? That you, you remember, you remember the basis of that? Jesus said, now love each other like I have loved you. What does that mean? The first part of John 13 is when Jesus, the Son of God, robed himself in a towel and washed his disciples' feet. Do you love one another like Jesus has loved you? Because I can tell you the world's watching. You're an ambassador. The world's watching. I don't, I don't, I don't think the full implication is that when we come in the church, somebody ought to be designated to wash feet. I don't, I think to think that is to miss the point. The point is to serve one another in the most humble way possible. So I'd ask you, I'd ask you again, how are we doing? How are we doing? The embassy is a place that resembles the representing country in a very positive way so that those that visit might consider it as, consider it as their homeland. And ambassadors come for protection and security. We've touched on that, so I won't dwell on it. But I do want to talk just a minute further on what it looks like to love like Jesus loved. The love that Jesus has is whether we are to love with a pure heart, according to 1 Peter one twenty two, Love one another fervently with a pure heart. That is to do it sincerely. You know, we can act like we love one another and that not be true. Yet God commands us to genuinely love one another. Not just, not just act like it, because if we do love one another, we're gonna act like it. It won't be effort, it will be effortless. So how do I love old so and so? Forgive them. You know, accept their warts just like they accept your warts. That's one of the things that's very important to the world. Do you know the world has enough bickering among itself? When someone who's unconverted comes into the embassy of the kingdom of God and sees the ambassadors of Jesus Christ loving one another, it's very common for them to say, I want to be there. Because this place ought to be a pavilion from the world. We ought to love with the compassion of Christ. 
Paul said to the Ephesians, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. That is to be like Jesus in forgiveness. With patience and the humility of Christ, Ephesians 4.2 says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Without prejudice, loving like Jesus means loving everyone, not giving preference to anyone. Acts 10, then he said to them, this is Peter's words, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company uh, with one or go to one of another nation. That was a Jewish worldview. And yet, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Peter finishes that verse and he says, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So we need to love like Jesus loved, without prejudice. Preferring preferring others as far as our ambassadorship should be more important than preferring ourselves. We should love one another like Jesus loved by giving comfort. Paul talks about God in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And he talks about God being the God of all comfort, who comforts us who are in any trouble. And then he goes on to say, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. He also says in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 that we are to comfort one another with the same comfort that we have been comforted with, which is comforting like God comforts. We ought to be an example of comfort as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So it's Ephesians chapter 4 on into Ephesians chapter 5. Let me read this, and I want to put it in a context of being an ambassador, if I may. Paul says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. We read that. And then we move on into chapter 5. Think of, think of this in the context of being an ambassador. Therefore be imitators of God. Imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And church, this is the thing. If we as Christian people don't love one another, we're not going to experience love in this world. Because Jesus told us that the world hates us. But if we do love one another and, and and if you're here this morning and you don't and if you don't love your brother if you don't love christian people i want to challenge you to something first john chapter 5 says that we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren if you don't love christian people and christian things scratch your head over whether or not you're a christian it's important no it's not just important it is of the ultimate value that the embassy that houses the ambassadors of the kingdom of God be filled with love. That's how we represent Him because First John also says that God is love. 
Now, it's kind of easy for us to get disgruntled with each other. Don't get me wrong. I know that. I've, I've been alive 63 years. I get it. I've seen it. But we ought to be quick to repent. When we recognize we don't love, we need to be quick to repent. And we ought to be intentionally connected with the body. Romans 12, 5, so that we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That's who we are. Now I see that I'm out of time or I was out of time a few minutes ago. Can I have one more minute? You know, a a minute in preacher time. (laughs) I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me remind you as you're turning here that when those in this world who come to our embassy see that we love one another like Jesus loved us, they will have no choice but to acknowledge the greatness, the goodness, and the difference that following our Lord makes. We need to live out who we have been recreated to be. I want to read this passage from 1 Peter chapter 2 starting in verse 9 with an eye to being an ambassador. You, but you, are a chosen generation. Chosen for what? You will see that very clearly in a moment. A royal priesthood. That means royalty on the court of God. A holy nation. Not America. Not Israel. Not Germany. You are a nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim. That's why. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, Can we say ambassadors since we're not citizens here? Abstain, this is our job description, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles as a representative of the kingdom of God, that when they speak against you as evildoers, because they don't understand our kingdom, They may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, and this is, this is how we do it. This is how we, this is how we live as a representative of the kingdom of God within the country that we abide. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. That is, for his name's sake. That means, don't be a criminal. Don't do things illegal and immoral. For, for the name of God, whether to the king as supreme or to governors or those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for they, for the, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. 
That's a pretty good job description of an ambassador of God's kingdom, isn't it? So, maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. You're thinking to yourself, so how can I become an ambassador? Well, there is an initiation, if I dare use that word. And that is, just as you become a citizen of the United States through proper legal channels, there are channels that you must become a citizen of heaven. And that channel is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only Son. That's the last verse in this chapter. It says, For for God has made Him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So what does that mean? That means that there was a day when God robed Himself in human flesh. He lived as a part of his creation, which blows me away, for 33-something years. And and he lived, not just lived, he lived perfectly. He lived as God, and he lived as man. He endured every temptation that we've experienced, yet he lived sinless. And then, because the world hated him, they mocked him, they scourged him, They pulled out his beard according to Isaiah 52. All of his joints were out of place. He didn't resemble a human being. They nailed him to a cross. But that wasn't the hard part. That wasn't the hard part. The hard part was that according to Isaiah 53, all our iniquities were laid on Him. He became a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice. He didn't know sin, but He became sin for us. Read that, 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's my life verse. Because He did that for me. God laid our sin on His Son, and then in His wrath, He killed His Son instead of us. If that doesn't make you grateful, there's something broke in your soul. But this morning, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you need to come to recognize that you've sinned against the Holy God. And He's provided a way of escape, and that is through the blood and the death of His Son, because it was in the place of sinners, which you are. And we all are. And those who come to Him by faith, asking for forgiveness because of what Jesus did, God will grant that. He didn't didn't send His Son to die just so He could withhold Him from you. He sent His Son to die to give you eternal life. Now church, just one last thing. If you're here this morning and you have believed the gospel and God has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son, we have an obligation to be an ambassador for that kingdom, for God Himself in this world. And we need to take it seriously. It's not a joke. It's not even even optional.
Now in a moment, brother's going to come and lead us in a song. Until he does, can I get you to bow your heads with me for just a moment? I can, I can tell you what I'm not about to do. I'm not about to pull you down here through heartstrings and sad stories. But if God's dealt with your heart this morning, I want you to take this opportunity. I want you to take this opportunity to confess any sin that God has revealed to you. I want you to take this opportunity to commit your soul to being a good ambassador of the kingdom of God. And if you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you I want to encourage you to come to the front because there are folks waiting here to counsel you on how you can become a Christian. But as God has dealt with your heart, and only if God has dealt with your heart, I want to challenge you to respond.